Hey, Woodside family and friends, Pastor Chris here. Welcome to The Link. This is a deep dive into the current teaching series where we try to help you to connect what we're reading and studying about in God's Word to what's happening in everyday life. Literally connecting the Word to the world and what's happening in the news and headlines that are shaping our culture. We want you to be able to take all of the top line issues that you're talking about at the dinner table and at the water cooler and on social media and connect that right back to the text of scripture. Today, we're gonna to discuss our current teaching series in Ephesians that we call Identity Crises. And I'm so excited to be joined by my brother in Christ, Pastor Jeremy Wrightbolt, who is also the campus pastor for our Plymouth campus. Welcome, brother, and uh, congratulations on the five-year anniversary of Plymouth. Yeah, it's been so exciting and so encouraging over these last five years. We started five years ago with the, just a very small core group and yeah. uh, suffering church. And God has brought so much renewal and restoration and growth. Uh, a church that was just kind of ignorable on the side of uh, street in Plymouth is now uh, a center for the community and we're engaging and just, it's all the grace of God that we've just seen him work and change lives and advance the gospel. So it's been a, it's been a great ride. I've really it's a loved beautiful it. thing to have a front row seat oh, to see Christ yeah. building his yeah. church. Yeah. And a uh, big shout out to that part of our church family. And you're doing a great job leading there, you and Stephanie are a huge blessing. Well, part of the way you serve our family as well is helping as a part of the sermon writing team. We do team teaching here, and you had a real burden for this particular series. You're the series editor for it. Uh, why was it important to your heart that our church family take a journey through the book of Ephesians? Sure, yeah. We we think about today and we hear the questions about identity all the time. Who yeah. am I? Uh, identity is just shaped in every way. And Paul so clearly addresses for the believer that question here in this letter. And so he wants us to see who we are in the face of God and then how we're to live out of that. And so it's really this great general letter for us to embrace and to see this is all that God has done for me yeah. and who I am and how I should live as a result of that. And I think it's just very timely for us in society today to really deal with these questions and try to answer them. You know, some have affectionately called Ephesians the cliff notes to the <laughs> book of Romans, right? Ephesians is this wonderful and rich theological treatise that Paul put together, but you're right, he hits the issue of identity, which causes me to realize that what feels like a contemporary struggle really is historic and universal, right? Like the biggest issue of our day is the issue of identity. Who am I sexually? Who am I ethnically? Who am I as it relates to my nationality? Nationalism is a big thing. Uh, partisan politics have caused us to define ourselves in partisan ways. Paul helps to cut right through the confusion, right? And all of these isms and things vying for our identity, Paul comes right out of the gate. I love verse number three where he says, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. So he says, you're chosen. Verse number five, he says, you're adopted. Verse number seven, you're redeemed. Jumping down to verse number 13, he says, you've been sealed. What is Paul getting at? And man, what comfort would this have provided for the original audience 
And how does this help us? Yeah. So the city of Ephesus, the third largest city in the Roman Empire at that time, it's just a cosmopolitan place of all of these questions. There's all these idol worship things happening. The economy is booming, and yet it's struggling. Uh, political identity, should we be Roman? Should we be Greek? What All this stuff is just happening there. And the church is this uh, facing this identity issue between Gentile or Jew. Who are we? And so I think Paul just directly wants to answer that question. And I love one of the things that John Calvin said. He said, before we ever have to understand ourselves, we have to understand God. Before we know ourselves, we have to know God. And so Paul begins in chapter one to say, here's who God is, so that we see him. And in dropping in who God is, he helps us begin to identify who we are. So these identities of adopted, redeemed, uh, beloved, uh, sealed. He's just solidifying to the believer in God, you've got it all. Yeah. I mean, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And yeah. so he's trying to reorient our identities from, well, I belong to this political party, or I am this ethnicity, or this is my nationality, or my yeah. gender. And he's trying to strip away from the, the little identities that so easily crave in our souls to say, here's the big identity. What that. God says about you is most important, and who God is, and who you are in relationship to him, that's the biggest thing. And I think that's where today we kind of get off track, is because we're still thinking about these little identities, and who am I, and we're not seeing ourselves in light of who God is, yeah. and his greatness, and his mercy, and his love. Uh, you know, just as Paul talks about these things, he reminds us of God's grace to send us Christ. We are redeemed by his blood forgiven yes. of our trespasses, raised with him. We have this inheritance in the saints. We've been sealed uh, or guarded by the Holy Spirit. So we're never going to lose it. Um, yeah. Even his word of affirmation that he chose us before the foundation of the world and adopted us into his family. That's another identity issue. Whose family am I part of? And there Paul just says like, listen, guys, in Christ, yes. you're part of God's family. Yes. It's the best family in the world. Like, yes. so, so let that be your identity, not the rest of this stuff. Well, you know what's really interesting is it's not like we're saying that your gender doesn't matter. It's not like we're saying your ethnicity doesn't matter. It's not like we're saying the nation you live in doesn't matter. But what we're saying is that these are sub-identity factors, right? Like your top-line identity marker is in Christ. I'm in Christ. And it allows me to be at peace, right? So part of what we want is for you to be at peace and not have to to listen to all these other voices. If you want to know your identity, look to the word of God for that. Now, there's been another big conversation that we have to talk about, and that is the inconvenient topic of death, right? I remember before I became a pastor, I worked in the financial services industry and uh, I sold insurance products. And one of the things that people hated to talk about was life insurance because nobody wants to talk about death. But there are certain times when our whole culture is talking about it. And such is the case now, recently, the death of basketball superstar Kobe Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter, Gigi, seven other precious souls in that helicopter that crashed in Calabasas, uh, California, has caused us to talk about death, right? And it's interesting that Ephesians chapter 2 opens up talking about a different kind of death, but it connects to the broader cultural conversation about death. Listen to Paul's words. He says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. What type of death is Paul talking about here? And how does that connect to this conversation we're having about death in general? Yeah, and I think it's good that we talk about death. And even I was thinking about Kobe and his daughter, he being 41 and his daughter being 13. I'm 41, my daughter's 12. It just kind of resonates with us where we're at there. And as, as I said, you know, 
Paul's helping us say, here's, is helping us see here's who God is so that we know who we are. And if we don't get the reality of where we stand apart from him, yeah. we, won't, we won't get it at all. So to say we are dead in our trespasses and sins, he's not speaking of physical uh, death yet, yes. um, but more spiritually. Uh, yeah, every one of us has blood still coursing through our veins, our brain waves are still functioning, and yet he's speaking about our hearts. Wow. Our hearts are dead. There's wow. no spiritual life going on. There's no heartbeat towards God in any way. And so it just kind of puts us at a, at a place where we're, uh, spiritually speaking, six feet under. So let me just jump in there because that's huge, right? So what you're saying is that literally you could be physically alive and dead. And, and you know, we talk about, and it's true, that helicopter uh, crash was all the adjectives. It was heartbreaking, devastating tragic, but I think we overlook how tragic it is to walk around physically alive, but spiritually dead. And what Paul is saying is that if you're outside of Christ, right, and still a slave to sin, you may have blood pumping through your veins, your brain may be functioning, your body may be moving, but there's a tragedy that's happened. And that tragedy is that you're dead. Yeah, and when, you're, when we realize we're spiritually dead, that helps us because so many times we try and find identity in what we're doing spiritually. Like God will accept me because I'm being a really good person or wow. I've, I've raised up my hand to him because I've helped these people. <laughs> yeah. And so therefore God would, would really love me. And yeah. we try and build our identity on what we do. And when Paul tells us we're dead in our trespasses and sins, he's saying you can't build your identity on what you do because dead people can't do anything. Wow. And then he throws in this statement, like it's the best statement in the Bible to me in verse four, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. I Praise mean, God. Don't you just love that? Praise like, God. You know, one other thing that I noticed in chapter one, Jeremy, is this whole sense of identity not coming externally. Yeah. Let's talk about social media, <laughs> oh, right? Man. We live in a like-based culture. Everything has to be click, like, am I approved? Do the masses approve of me? Talk about how social media plays into identity and how the word of God and being grounded in Christ protects us. We're all searching for belonging, right? We want to be accepted. That's why we curate our lives in front of social right. media. Like, I'm not going to show you the worst parts of my life on exactly. Instagram. I want you to see the best, you know? All the filters. And, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and that, that search for belonging, uh, when we look for approval outside of ourselves, uh, really wrecks our hearts. Wow. And, and here's what I love about chapter one is that Paul is telling us that in the adoption that we have in the God the Father and the redemption in Christ and the sealing with the Holy Spirit, we have all the affirmation that we could wow. desire or we have the affirmation of God Almighty. Yeah. We have His like, yeah. if you will, on our lives, and we don't need to search for likes from others. We don't need to yes. curate and put up a mask in front of others to get their approval. We have God's love and acceptance and His delight in us as His children. But that comes through our union with Christ, that we're united with Him. And so, as He sees the sun, he sees us. And so I think that's so beautiful is the more that we can remember, I'm accepted by the one who matters the most, mm. the Lord God, the rest of it, I can lay at his feet and enjoy and be me and be real, even in my social media and just kind of let it roll. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So many uh, topics we can talk about from here. Let's hit a couple more. Sure. That's beautiful. All right. One more. 
Uh, one major thing that's coming up is Black History Month, February. Great month. We just a few weeks ago celebrated, again, the annual observation of the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And one of the big things that he fought for was social justice and reconciliation, right? There's huge history of ethnic uh, tension that not only exists in America, but really it's a broader universal issue. I remember going to uh, Rwanda after the genocide there and going to the Genocide Museum, and man, it just documents how Europeans, Africans, Asians, people all over the world just have killed each other over ethnic tensions, right? But yet we're about to go into a message that talks about the peace that we can have with Christ and with one another. And look at what it says in verse 14 of chapter two. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Praise God. Talk a little bit about uh, what Christ does in reconciliation, us to God and us to one another. Yeah, yeah so Paul here is picking up on a, a element at the temple, right? And in Ephesus and in the Roman world at this point, there's this struggle between Jews and Gentiles. And yes. who's, who's really the righteous one? Who's really the one that God accepts? And so he speaks about this moment at the temple. There was this actual wall, and it said on it, any Gentile that crosses over this wall does so at his own expense. Wow. Like he will die at his own hands yeah. because he jumps this wall. And here he points to, and he says, in Christ, that dividing wall that separates Jew and Gentile, Jesus has leveled it. Wow. By his blood, he's brought it down. So Jew and Gentile, black and white, whatever ethnicity, we can embrace one another and all of our brilliant diversity and color together in Christ. Yeah. And, and it's because of Jesus. And I think so many times we, we want to identify ourselves by the color of our skin, by the way in which our world identifies. And again, Paul's bringing us to Christ together, yes. saying, bring all of your diversity, bring all of who you are. Jesus has broken down the walls that separate us so we can celebrate and embrace and enjoy together. Because this is a picture of what eternity is going to be like, yeah, right? That's right? I mean, we get to the end of the book and it's every people, tongue and tribe and nation singing and praising and worshiping Jesus because he laid down his life for us. So I think that we should celebrate That's that beautiful. unity all the more because Christ has unified us with him. You and I can be unified together in the gospel yeah. and in our lives together because of all Jesus has done. I love the beautiful mosaic of the body of Christ and it's all because of Jesus. Well, Jeremy, man, I could do this for an hour with love you. It. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Hey folks, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Link. Again, our desire is to give you a deep dive into how the word of God connects to contemporary issues so you can not only hear the word, but live the word. Make sure you join us for the next part of our uh, study through Ephesus. We're calling that community in action as we transfer from the question of who are we to how should we live in light of who we are. Until then, stay blessed and we'll see you next time.